Welcome back to Dunkota Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. The tent. Today we have the tent. Oh, the tent. Mm-hmm. Okay. You didn't know there were tents. <laughs> so today we have finished Harrow the Ninth, or Harrow, by Tamsin Muir. Um, pretty wild book, so we've got to get warmed up, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Luke, um, I want to get us warmed up because your boy just came back from chess club and okay uh so i've been doing chess club for oh i've been doing like online chess for probably like a year and a half now but i just started doing chess club when i moved to birmingham because i wanted to see some like actual human beings when i played smart when i played the game yeah uh and it's I, all in the eyes. Right. It's all psycho- like it's all psychology. That's how you win at chess is you you make the other person second guess themselves. Right. You give them a little look over there. That's how anybody who's good at chess actually wins at chess. It's a little a little tap on the shoulder mm-hmm. and they look in the wrong direction. Right. Swap out the pieces a little bit. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> it's the true It's the true way to play chess. Um, so I wanted to engage in a little bit of that action. So a couple months ago, I've been like, for for a few months, I've been going to chess club. Mm-hmm. When I first started going to chess club, Luke, uh, the very first time I went, I thought I was pretty good because I was playing online. Okay. I, I was winning like a fair number of times. I would play my friends and like I would beat them pretty often. And I was like, okay, I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right at this. First day at chess club, I got destroyed, <laughs> absolutely shredded by pretty much everybody there. Uh, I just like, they essentially passed me around and chewed me up and spit me out. And they were like, okay. They would be like on their phone while I was trying to figure out a move. Not actually. Oh, they no. were very polite. They, they didn't actually do I was that. I going to say. But they were, like, looking at other boards, like, trying to imagine how they'd play other chess games while I'm, like, struggling <laughs> to figure out a move. Um, so first day I get absolutely shredded. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep going back. That was not great for my self-esteem. Sure. Okay. Then I was like, you know what? I'll go again. I'll go again. And I beat somebody the second second Ooh. time I was at chess club. Beat somebody, and the rush was exhilarating it was incredible <laughs> you you beat another person that was it was their first time so it was like you from the previous week correct yeah it's actually chess club is actually just a big pyramid scheme where you always have to keep getting new people to join the chess okay. club so you can at least beat one person that day. right because otherwise you'll lose every game right i did lose every other game but i won a game um okay and I realized that chess club was very good for me because I was so bad at it compared to everyone else. And in a lot of things that I do in my life, I'm not like bad at them. Do you know what I mean? Okay, sure. So this was like a very interesting opportunity where I was just bad at something. Like I was just way worse than everybody else. And it's gotten to the point where I kind of enjoy losing in a weird way. And I'll, okay. I'll give you an example. This is, this is the one where I was like, oh, wow, I think I've leveled up in my like maturity 
and how I accept winning and losing. <laughs> Here's what I mean. Okay, that's big. Like a month ago, uh, I'm like waiting for a game with the person that I, could, I, I know I could probably beat. I'm like waiting for a game with him because I was like, I need a win. And uh-huh. uh, there's like a fair number of children that come to the chess club for lessons or to play. Um, and you learn quickly that some of these children are very good at chess. Some of these children are like so good at chess, like scary good at chess. And I didn't, and this, so this girl, this like 10 year old girl is like, do you want to play? And I was like, <laughs> like sweat starts pouring down my forehead. Cause I'm like, are you one of the good ones? <laughs> and I'm like, I like look at it for a minute. Right. My eyes get big and I'm like, yes let's play sure sure yeah let's play and uh she was one of the good ones luke and she destroyed me she absolutely this is the youngest player that i have been demolished by is this 10 year old girl who absolutely shredded me on the chessboard and i i had a great time honestly okay i had a great time she was making moves and i was like like as a learning, like you had a great time because you were learning how to be better at chess. This is a big part of it. I had a great time because I was like, wow, that move was so good. You're very good at this game. That's that's okay. a great move. And also, uh, just impressive. I was just like, <laughs> I, I don't think I so could. You, it's almost like you were a spectator and a player. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I was like playing moves to keep the game going because I was like, I just want to watch this unfold. Like, I just want to see <laughs> what happens here. Okay, I see. And it was incredible. It was just like an outstanding experience. Had a great time. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I can't even imagine as a child beating an adult in anything. Like... Right. Uh, when I was, it took until I was like maybe 13, 12 or 13 before I could be an adult who like practiced a thing in that mm-hmm. thing that they practiced. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you could beat an adult at video games, but that's because they didn't play video games. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so like these kids are just smashing adults left and right. <laughs> and I, if I had done that as a kid, my ego would have been massive. And these kids are like so nice and humble. And they're just like, I like playing chess. <laughs> it's like, you crushed me. What do you mean you like playing chess? You're a genius. <laughs> the funny thing about this is that like, this is just a random library in Birmingham. Yeah. Not like, this isn't the plot of uh, the Queen's Gambit or anything. It's just like. This is happening all over the place. Yeah, listen up. Listen up, people out there who are listening to this broadcast. In your town, in your city, wherever you might live, there are children who could destroy you at chess. There are you too. You too could could be destroyed at chess by a ten-year-old. And you know what? I would recommend you go out and do it. Go out, find where the people are playing chess. Find the 10-year-olds who are outstanding Mm -hmm. at it and watch as they destroy you. Watch as they absolutely obliterate you on the chessboard and just revel in it. I love that. You can do that. You could do that this week, I'll bet. 
That's my challenge. You know what? I'm issuing a challenge to our listeners, Luke. If you have any okay. interest in chess whatsoever, go get destroyed by a child at chess in the next month. I, here's, okay, one just clarifying question for the way that you play chess in this circumstance. Is it the like timer thing? Do you have the timer thing? <laughs> it does not matter. I've okay. played with a timer. I've played without a timer. I get smashed either way. My thing... I really struggle with games that require thinking quickly Mm. because I get like stressed out and then my brain like stops doing it Mm -hmm. and I start like thinking about how I'm not thinking quickly enough. So anything that has like a time limit on how fast you have to think, I really struggle with. Luke Luke loves a take-home test is what you're saying. (laughs) Luke does love a take-home test. Um, or like just quick thinking game. I don't know. Anyway, so so when when I play when I play my ten year old, it sounds weird. <laughs> when I play and get destroyed, I'm gonna request the no timers, and my game is gonna last three hours, <laughs> and I'm gonna get destroyed. I'm sure their parents are gonna love that. Right. Everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you've had that experience. Uh, one day, well, the thing is that their like rate of improvement as a 10 year old is probably like still pretty high. Oh yeah. So like, I was going to say maybe one day you'll, you'll get there and beat that 10 year old, but I think that's unlikely. Absolutely. I will never, I can almost guarantee I will never beat that 10 year old, but my goal is to be able to beat a 10 year old. I think that's good. I think that's one day that's why i practice that's why why we practice that's why we practice um okay let's get into the book harrow the ninth which we have finished we started off last episode of being like what is happening this is insane um and do we summarize here we could i think we could very easily do that again Okay, I agree with you. But I do feel like we could summarize what happened in the book now. Okay. Okay. Do you have do you have a a, a start to Okay, the I'll start and you can you can help me fill in fill in the gaps here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so the book starts with Harrow being like, Oh shit, I don't want to lose Gideon, and if I don't do anything, my soul will like consume Gideon and they'll be gone forever. So I'm gonna do some little improv brain surgery Mm -hmm. to like disconnect that part of my identity so i like don't remember gideon so i don't consume gideon okay and so that's that impromptu brain surgery is like what leads to all the crazy shit that kind of happens where it's unclear what's real and what's not however Whenever they're in those scenes where it's like they're back in time on Canaan, or that's what it's called, right? Canaan? Yeah. House Canaan. I think so. Whenever they're there, they're actually, Harrow has actually created a bubble in the river where she has attracted the ghosts of the Mm -hmm. necromancers and cavaliers who died the first time they did it. And she's like replaying what happened when they were becoming Lycters, which is why in that version, 
the dead people are there and the living people are not there. And so they quickly have to kill mm-hmm. off the people who didn't die in the first the first time they did that because they're right. all ghosts. <laughs> okay, so that's going on. Then in like real world um And and wait, just is that like does she go into that when she's like asleep? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. or unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay, and so, yeah, it's important to keep in mind that's, like, actually a place that existed. Like, these aren't all hallucinations. These are ghosts. She's, like, actually talking to the spirits of right. these people. And a part of it... And, and that and that's how it keeps ha- happening when they're, like... I I think it's usually Abigail. is like, is this how it happened? It's, exactly. like, actually Abigail saying that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay, um, okay. so... That's happening in, like, the weird chapters where it seems like crazy shit's going on. Well, okay, more crazy shit's going on. In the, like, real world, Harrow, they're, like, training to fight these, what are they called? These, like, big planet creatures? Uh, Resurrection beasts. Resurrection beasts who came about because of, like, how the Undying Prince became undying honestly i I think it was like i okay okay (laughs) this is gonna be funny because it's just gonna be us trying to figure out what happened the whole time um correct me if i'm wrong i think that when whatever thing happened nuclear uh like into the world previously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that the god as we call him had like did something to cause the big resurrection but he had to like kill a bunch of planets to get the energy and i think that the resurrection beasts are the souls of those original planets that he killed agreed yes um feels it's starting to give and like okay i'm gonna just say here spoilers for the cradle series if you haven't read it starting to give me some cradle vibes did it give you cradle vibes with the dread god, um, like the dread gods and these resurrection a beasts. Bit. Well, there's a mix here for Cradle because it's like the dread gods, but also the like celestial battle. Yes. Between worlds that are ending and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes. Okay, so out in the real world, they're like training to fight these resurrection beasts because they're coming. It sounds like to try and eat God. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, we got to protect God. Um, but, oh, and uh, Ortus, who's actually Gideon, which we'll get to later, uh, one of the Lycters is actually trying to kill Haro. Like, that's that actually was happening. Yes. Anyway, so that Lycters trying to kill Haro. Haro's trying to, like, come to grips with these letters and what's been going on. Um, oh yeah, the letters were written by her before she did the surgery as part of the plan to like not learn about Gideon. Like all of this was to try and keep herself from knowing about Gideon, which is what all the letters were supposed to do. That's why she would be like, close their mouth and don't let them say anything because they'll right. spoil everything. Um, okay. So they're training to find the resurrection beast. In the midst of this, we learned that they blessed of Eden or there's like this other group that they're fighting, which are people who don't they're atheists essentially 
they're atheists who are like not sure. into this whole god thing um they seem to form this other faction that is against what's going on with the undying prince right okay <laughs> the okay l- l- let me st- let me start here now um in the little pocket world yes. there is something that's trying to take over the sleeper the sleeper uh-huh um which we later learn is the ghost of the leader of the blood of eden or whatever that whatever that group's name yes is. i want to pause here though because i want to save the ending of this book is so wild i think we need to build up to it and and just talk about all the shit that happens at the end like more at the end of this episode is that fair like i feel like we've gotten the gist of what happened in the story i want to save a section that's just like the end because the end is fucking insane okay Okay. should we should we stop the summary there we're gonna stop the summary there and we're gonna come back to the end because some crazy shit happens in the meantime so there's a scene (laughs) there's a scene that i think just shows how ridiculous the nine houses have gotten that I want to I want to bring our attention to, um, and it's when Haro has to kill the planet on her own, and she meets Camilla and um, the like portrait of the lady and mm-hmm. the other third house, uh, Corona Beth. She meets the three of them. Yeah. The <laughs> the detail. Which she knew that the shuttle wasn't from the nine houses is that it had no bones on it. She was like, yeah, definitely couldn't be a nine houses shuttle. There's no bones <laughs> on that thing. And it's like, y'all, we've we've become absurd at this point. Like we've become a parody of ourselves when you can be identified by the fact that you put bones on the outside of everything. If it's so if it's so rare for a shuttle to not have bones on it, that it's like, oh, for sure, that's part of the rebels. That's too much, too many bones. We've 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 reached peak bone and surpassed it, and it was, oh man, it's a lot of bones. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, can I can I ask? Okay, this is something that that just came to me, so there's a chance that it's really dumb. Mm-hmm. But hear me out. So there's nine houses, yes. right? And I feel like there were nine planets. Are you saying Pluto's a planet? Is that where we're going with this? I was actually going to ask you how many planets are in our solar system because I, I'm. This is not my area of expertise. Is the ninth house Pluto? Oh damn! Because like it's super cold there. There, it's like small. There down in the core yeah super dark yeah Mm. i mean this feels i was gonna say oh yeah also because pluto is like the god of death so that doesn't make sense but then i was like wait they're all of death so that doesn't really work (laughs) right um so hold on are are you saying we're we're on board with this being in our universe then because i i I, I I do think so yeah i think so yeah yeah um i feel like this is i feel like this is good to me i like this as pluto where the ninth is from okay okay 
I'm not a big uh, uh, Pluto deserves to be a planet person. Mm. I'm more on the ambivalent side of things, but Luke, um, Luke, we run a we run a comedy podcast. We need to be more confrontational. I think. Like, I'm, okay. I, I think we need to. I think we need to say that Pluto should be a planet and argue about it for a long time. Well, I okay, but that I feel like is the the now non subversive position. Oh, you know what I mean? okay, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I feel like we to to actually be an effective comedy thing, we need to actually be anti Pluto being a planet. I see what you're saying. You're saying we need to say there are fewer planets. Like Mercury shouldn't be a planet, is what you're saying. Mercury is for sure not a planet. First of all. <laughs> this feels good to me okay moving on um so <laughs> i actually want to talk about one of the characters in kind of a general sense okay and this is ortis the one whose actual name is ortis the ghost the ghost ortis the ghost the ghost ortis the cavalier from the ninth house yes um I kind of liked it. Oh my God. Ortis sucked. He was so pathetic. <laughs> he was so pathetic. I hated him. I don't disagree. I don't disagree that he was pathetic. However, I thought he was nice. I thought he was fun. What about him was fun? One, one thing that I couldn't quite understand is, is he the one writing this legend? Is he a famous writer in this world or something? I don't think he's famous. I think he is the one who wrote this legend. Yeah. So he's just writing like insane amounts of fan fiction. I mean, but for this, if he's not famous, Harrow is reading it all closely. Ooh, this is a good point. Hmm. I think he's a famous writer. All right, fine. He's a famous writer. I think he's. I think he's great. I love Hortus. Ah, he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks so bad. And I feel like, like, I'm trying to remember how he ended up as, obviously he wasn't the Cavalier in the real world. <clears throat> but, like, why would we ever even think of choosing this person as the Cavalier? Like, what? Nothing seems to add up about that being a good idea. Is it okay, literally just sure. like family? It's like it has to be this family, so it's got to be him. Maybe. It seems weird. Like, I get that the, like, Harrow's thing has to be family. Um, it doesn't seem like the Cavalier would be, like, hereditary necessarily. So I was assuming that it was just like, you know, all the, all the younger generation died because of right. the thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, let's give it to the only person left, which is which is this guy. Okay, that actually that actually tracks because like literally everyone else is bones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense to me then. Um, man. Yeah, I I will accept he seems like a pretty good writer. I will accept that. <laughs> And Harrow keeps talking trash, but she's reading she it. She is reading okay. it. Yeah, you. She's I mean, reading it. Can't be that bad. <laughs> Ooh, although Luke, probably not a lot else to do on Pluto. I mean, I don't. It's hard for me to tell like how much media they're getting. I feel like 
I don't know. Are they getting all the media from the other planets too? I I think there is some interplanetary transmission because they other yeah. people seem to know the story as well, I think. Right. And there's as we know Gideon's got a lot of porno mags. Correct. Correct. Which are not being not being uh created on the ninth planet, I don't think. Doubtful. There's not nearly enough bones in them. Right. Uh yeah, I mm. Okay, he's got to be a pretty good author then. Yeah, he's super good. All right. Super talented. Good for him. He's still pathetic and I hate him. <laughs> um speaking of porno mags, there I have an alert, Luke. Alert. There is wine. We the very first instance of any alcoholic beverage appeared in this section, there is wine. And you know what happened immediately after the wine got brought out? Well, several things. Okay, yeah, several things did happen. One of which was an orgy. So that's right. what happens when the wine comes out. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you got to make it count. If you're only going to put in wine once in the book, got to make it count. Right. That's... Turn it into an orgy between God and two saints. I think that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's in the Bible a few times, so makes sense <laughs> for sure. Pretty confident. Pretty I nice. haven't read it all the way through, but I think so. Yeah. Um, that whole thing turned out weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily have a ton to say about it. I do think it was funny at one point towards the end. I know that we're saving the end, mm -hmm. but when they're kind of talking about how, like the 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 who exactly Gideon is revealed, yeah, and Augustine is like, "Don't worry about the details. <laughs> don't worry about the technical ways that we got this." I did think that that was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's let's save let's save that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to ask you. Yeah. Ianthe gets a bone arm. Yes. Courtesy courtesy of Hera. Yes. I have a few questions on this. Um, number one, I think it's cool. Do you think it's cool? I do think it's. And cool. And would you want one? I I have a few questions about it because. Okay. Um, okay, I'm not a master of anatomy and human physiology, but I know enough to know that the reason we have more than just bones is because the bones don't just move. Like, the bones have to be pulled and pushed in certain ways to move around, and that's kind of why we have all the meaty bits around the bones. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how it's described that this skeletal arm moves around. Well, I think that there's a little bit of, like, magic okay. stuff going on. Right. I mean, Harrow's creating skeletons that walk around. Oh, this is a fair point. Okay, good. Then this is, this is, because I was imagining there's, like, weird web tendons that go up to the bones from her, like, arm meat to make it <laughs> actually move. And I was like, that seems inconvenient. That seems like it would get caught on stuff. Yeah, I don't think it has to technically be, like, physiologically accurate okay uh in this case I, I think there's a little bit of extra in this case then yes i'd love bone arm uh the issue with okay. bone arm which we got to keep in mind though 
she has to put like a weird fat glove on her hand to hold the sword properly. This is true. And this is like, true. That, uh, that feels a little gross. Well, okay. Harrow says when she does this, she's like, ah, that wouldn't have been my choice. Which means that there's other options. I mean, what what other options, Luke? What are we- I mean, for, uh, for one thing, like, I feel like you could just wear a glove. Oh. Well. Yeah, but then so you're I don't ha- know if that's I don't know if that's the move, but like if you wear a glove though, then it looks weird if you just have a glove and then bone sticking out. So you then have to wear long sleeves and then you're like covering up your cool purpose. your cool gold bone arm. Right. Um Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could just do like something approximating a hand. This is it's what I. This that. is where I was going to. Is like if we can make a skeleton hand, like we can make anything out of bone. Just make like a sword holder out of bone. Well, okay, but then it's like, do I want a sword holder as a hand for the my the entirety of my experiences? I mean, if, if you're good enough with a sword, sure. Okay. <laughs> probably wouldn't even notice the difference. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, the, the one thing that I was going to say is that this does not work with leg, right? It's very cool as a sword arm or, or just an arm mm-hmm. it have to be for swords. Um, if you have like a bone leg, it's like, that's not as cool. If you have a bone leg, uh, uh, I, I see you. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to destroy this person. I'm going to sweep the legs and that thing is going to crack. I'm going to literally break their ankles so easily. Whereas bone arm, I'm like, please don't fight me because that looks terrifying. What is this, though? Why is this the case? I, I, I conceptually and instinctively know that that is true, but I, I don't know logistically why. Because bone leg is not sturdy. Bone leg can't handle the weight of a full person. Of course not. <laughs> okay. Compare bone okay. leg. Okay, here's what it is. Here's what it is, Luke. Bone leg right next to regular leg. I see those two side by side. Oh. Bone leg is going down. Bone leg you're, is You're terrible. saying they're too, they're, they're too close to each other. Yeah, so you can Whereas compare Whereas arms them. are a little bit farther away. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that this is valid. I also think that there's something here about tattoos where like arm sleeves on tattoos often look very cool, but you rarely see someone with like one leg fully tattooed. Yeah, that's true. This is an interesting direction you've taken us because it's taken us to the point of what if we just did bones, bone appendages as decoration? Right. Because yeah. we do decorate this bone arm with gold. With gold, yeah. Is that the is that the way you would have gone, by the way? I, this was actually my next question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you've taken us here. I so my my first thought is no, but I have a hard time thinking of what my other choice would be. Uh okay, I feel like it's missed opportunity to like carve some cool designs in it and like okay. dye the design a a color like blue or like your house has colors right you could dye your arm your house colors oh i see what you mean sure do some cool intricate designs on there carve like that cool s that we heard about (laughs) on there 
right, right. Um, I do think that that has a higher ceiling, but I think it could go much... Like, I think coloring it all gold or, like, all silver is, like, a safe option. It's, I don't... It feels so boring to me, though. I get it. Does it does feel boring. I get it. It is the safe option. It's boring as hell. Mm-hmm. It's freaking basic, okay? Right. Ton, yeah, there's tons of different options. Um, this does, this does bring up something, an innovation, I'll say, that we learn about. And that has to do with manipulating someone else's body in a way to kind of prank them. So Haro doesn't do this, but we learn that Ianthe, when she like fixes Haro after the brain surgery, she makes it to where Haro's hair grows faster, so she always has to get haircuts. This is the like their equivalent of like putting someone's hand in a warm like a bowl of warm water and making them pee themselves. Like Right. We're prank we have now elevated pranking to being like, haha, your hair grows twice as fast now. Cause I touched you. This is a good one. It's a good one. I'm curious. I'm curious. What kind of pranks we're doing? What kind of pranks we're pulling by just like touching someone and changing their body in an inconvenient but not like harmful way? Right. Because the other thing with this, I imagine, is that it has to be like relatively not obvious to the person. Because like I feel like Harrow could just change this back if she like realized it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's but she she's she's just like man, I get a lot of haircuts recently. I don't know what's going on. So it has to be that it has to be that like not obvious. Can I propose an idea to you? Okay, sure. Moving freckles. Here's what I mean when Ooh. I say moving. Not not quickly moving. I'm right, talking obviously. like slowly moving freckles. Okay. So like you wake up in the morning and you're like, does my does my face look a little different than yesterday? I can't really tell. I can't really tell. But it looks a little different. Ooh. Okay. I do I do like the idea of making them think that they look different and not knowing what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if freckles is, is the way to do it, though. Okay. Okay. I don't necessarily have a replacement option. Maybe, okay, here's what it is. I don't know how you would do this. <laughs> I'm... A, I'm, I'm I'm ignoring the difficulty. Okay, fine. Or the the, the, the like feasibility yeah. of how you would do this for yeah. now. You know how it's like your face is asymmetric? Yes. And so like when you, the way that you see yourself in a mirror because of the way mirrors work is different from the way that other people see you? Yes. Just like every now and then have that flip. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Where it's like... Do I look, am I looking really weird today? I don't know. <laughs> well, and the issue is everyone else would also be like, yeah, you do look weird today. What's going on? <laughs> like literally right. everyone would be like, something is fucked up about Haro today. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No one would know what it was. Ooh, this is good. Yeah. Or or like, you know how people's, like where you, the way that you part your hair usually works better one way than the other. Yeah, flip it. Yeah. Flip the part. These are really good. 
These are kind of dastardly, actually. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you would do those, but uh, they all seem reasonable to me. I think we could figure right. it out. That's not my job. No. I'm an ideas guy. I'm not an implementation guy. Luke's a, Luke's a classic Ortis. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine with me. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Ortis is great. <laughs> um, this is okay. Similar vein of like being able to manipulate your body. Mm-hmm. Throughout this book, Harrow is really struggling to carry the sword, right? She has yes. to like strap it on and she's like lugging it around. It's covered in bone. Later, it's covered in bone. Later on, um, Gideon yeah. is like complaining about how weak Harrow is. I feel like you could give yourself muscle, no? It does seem that way. Yeah. I mean, okay. She literally does brain surgery on herself. So, like, yeah, a little bit of, like, muscle, totally doable, guys. Right. Um, okay. Ooh. Luke, here's the issue, though. And this also explains why they need cavaliers. They okay. can They can do magic with any part of the body but muscle. This is why all the necromancers okay. are so weak and why they need cavaliers who do like strength training all day because they can move bone and skin and blood and brains. But it comes to muscle. The only way you're building that up is spending time in the Iron Temple, baby. <laughs> That's right. There's okay, no, I like this. There's no quick and easy with the muscle. There's no, sh- there's no shortcuts. No, no shortcuts. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say that I I maybe counts as a shortcut. Mm. So there's there's a section here where when Harrow is really scared of Gideon slash Ordis. Yeah. The Saint of Duty. And she decides to stay awake forever by like causing some chemical, whatever it is, to yeah. like release extra. Mm-hmm. This Similar concept to like pre-workout, but like, okay, it's uh, time to go to the gym. Let me get my adrenaline gland just pumping. And honestly, (laughs) it sounds great. This is just all natural juicing is what it is. Right. Like literally juicing her pituitary or whatever makes the adrenaline go. Right. It's a workaround. All right. That's fair, but you still gotta pick up. You still gotta pick the stuff up and put the stuff down, right? Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it's evidence that all necromancers are just lazy assholes. You know, they won't Mm -hmm. even put in the little Mm -hmm. bit of effort they need to. Right, that's the subtext of this book, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you don't go to the gym, you're a bad person. (laughs) Right, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we get to, like, the end of the book and, like, kind of big picture book stuff. Okay, sure. So, there's a scene where the sleeper is, like, blasting people out of existence. And Mm -hmm. the teacher, they're talking about how the teacher needs to stay with them so he doesn't get killed. And he's like, 
What are you talking about? I am stoked to get destroyed. <laughs> I'm absolutely so excited to get shot in the face. I, I'm walking around the halls being like, oh no, how terrible would it be to be <laughs> shot? Please don't kill me. Oh no. Hoping, praying that the sleeper blasts me into oblivion. I just love that scene where the teacher is just full sarcastic mode with these people. Cause I think the teacher knows he's dead. I think the teacher is like, this sucks. I want out right now. Right. Because, because from what we've learned now that this, this is actually like his ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an, it's actually a teacher. It's not like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And teacher is this amalgamation of like, like a ton of souls that have been crammed into one body right i i love this too um especially because it's very jarring at the time (laughs) (laughs) um honestly give me more teacher yeah teacher was such a treat at the uh, throughout this book way more than in gideon the ninth right i you know what i'm glad he's dead oh okay (laughs) selfishly he's way funnier when he's dead he is way funnier i'll give you that um okay should we get to the to the big finish yeah let's let's talk about the big finish here okay um let me start by just saying the way that the like choice of second person narration comes about was very cool Mm mm-hmm where it's like, oh, this wasn't like a weird narrative choice. This was like Gideon talking. Yes. Yes. Very. I was very I was very into that. That was the only thing that made sense to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's quickly go through what happens at the end and then we can kind of we can kind of dip our toes in in the interesting bits. We can kind of take some extra scoops from what's what's okay. looking good. Okay? So, ending, right? So, we learn that the sleeper is actually the head of this. I'm going to call them a terrorist organization, but only because it seems like the power structure is focused around the nine houses, and these are like an insurgent cell. Okay, so sure. the okay. head of this has been the sleeper the whole time, trying to take over Haro's body, which I think happened because Haro like opened herself up to this when she messed with her brain. She kind of opened herself up to another thing coming in and taking over. Instead of doing that, the sleeper, who is the head of this organization, took over the dead corpse of Scythia or Scytheria Mm -hmm. and was kind of like puppeting her uh, and eventually like inhabited her body at the end, which explains all the weird shit with real Gideon, the Lycter, who was like in love with this woman oh and so, i forgot like, about this actually. so like when they're like doing it when they find when hara walks in on them like doing it or like when they you know he like leads her off into the furnace room and gets badly it's like because they they were like actually into it in real life when the other person was alive when the like terrorist leader was alive they were like kind right. of a thing um and for a while, it seemed like real Gideon was the maybe the father of Gideon, which, okay, 
All right. So now we've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> now we need to get into who Gideon is slash was because apparently Gideon is the offspring of the emperor and this terrorist leader. And, okay, was, and you're talking about Gideon, like Gideon the Knight, our main character from the last book. Correct. Yeah. And which is, it's confusing because Gideon the Lichter also had a relationship with this woman and thought that there might be an oppor- there might have been an opportunity for Gideon the Ninth to have been his daughter. But in fact, it was the right. Emperor's daughter. And this was apparently a big plan that was orchestrated by Augustine and uh, Mercy right. to break into the tomb using somebody that had like the blood of the Emperor. Right. To be able to break into the tomb, which apparently is impenetrable, except in this one particular instance. Um, which we haven't even gotten into the fact that it seems like Haro got in there no problem. And where did that come from? Well, Haro got in there, I imagine, because of Gideon. Yeah, but Gideon wasn't around when Haro was doing that. It's not like Haro found Gideon and was like, hey, come here. I need your help for something. Well, I think that there is something... I, I, I don't know the details of how this like thing works, but it's really just like you need the emperor's blood in some way. I don't know how close he has to be, whatever. Okay. Um, so I, I, I do think it's reasonable to think that Haro got in, in using Gideon either accidentally or purposefully in some way. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, so we get Gideon's lineage, which is insane. Which is truly mm-hmm. bonkers, okay? And, okay. And then a little dad joke, by the way. And then a dad joke, which is fun, which is fun for the whole family. Um, then, then we're not even done. We learn more about what the emperor's deal is. One, he's like responsible for the sun existing. Like the sun right. only really happens because the emperor is alive, and like that's how it works. So. Seems like a big issue. We also then learn the emperor it doesn't didn't kill his cavalier, and apparently that was an option the whole time, and we're pissed about it. <laughs> this is one where I don't quite understand the motivation. Why the emperor didn't tell them that? Hey, I figured out a way to not kill mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not clear. I mean, it does sound like another one tried it and it didn't work very well. So maybe it was like, ah, it's too dangerous. And it's not going to work for you scrubs. Only I can do it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Or he was just like, ah, it's way more powerful than yours. Like, mine's way more powerful than yours. So (laughs) I'm just going to keep that secret. Okay. Okay, sure. It could be that. Um, and so we learn that the Lady in Ice is his former cavalier. Mm-hmm. Which, not that surprising. And apparently they had they switched eyes, which mattered for some reason. Right. So the Emperor had his cavalier's old eyes. Yes. And which is why Gideon shares eyes with the Ice person and not the Emperor. And that was also how Scythria... Cytheria figured out this maybe was possible because she saw Gideon's eyes and was like, oh, you have the same eyes that the emperor used to have, but doesn't anymore. I forgot that Cytheria would have seen Gideon's eyes already. Yeah. I didn't get the sense that Cytheria knew this 
part of it, though. At one point. Oh, actually, no. This was not. Okay, never mind. Back up. Because because the scandal actually is not that Gideon exists. The scandal is that Gideon still exists within Harrow. So even if Scytheria had seen it, it was like, okay, that's not the that's not the like big revelation. Yes. Well, yes. Part of it. Okay. Actually, no. The revelation is that Gideon has different eyes than the emperor currently has. So I think Cytheria was aware that Gideon was created. Like I think Cytheria knew who Gideon was and they would have expected Gideon to have the same eyes as the emperor, but Gideon Mm -hmm. didn't. Gideon had the same eyes Mm. as the emperor's cavalier. Okay. Which I think is where the revelation came from that the emperor and their cavalier switched eyeballs for some reason. Right. I think now this is getting a little fuzzy. Now we're looking at this through a block (laughs) of ice. Okay. Um, Okay. I feel, I feel, I feel like anyway, we're, we're kind of getting away from the, from the meat of it. Well, not necessarily the meat of it, but, but, but let's let's back up for a second. Okay. Um, and is there is there anything that we've missed in the summary bef- before we get to going deeper? Before we double dip. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, um, Gideon's still alive. Yeah. So Gideon comes. Kind of. Gideon pops back out at the end of this, and it seems like Harrow goes into hibernation. Like Harrow takes Gideon's place and lets Gideon hang out you're saying with the like very very end when harrow goes and like lays down in the locked tomb yes yes okay um it's a very cryptic thing to have happened so it's very hard to say exactly what but i guess so was a great pun by the way luke your use of cryptic there was top notch Thank you. Um, um, very, very intentional yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. Also, uh, there is a hint here that Ortis the Lictor's name was actually Gideon. There's a hint early on in this section when they're talking about call signs. And their call signs okay. are always the first letter of their name and the first letter of their cavalier's name. And Ortis's call sign is GP. Right. And I think it, that, okay, I, I think that, Ortis, the Lycter Ortis, yeah. his name being Gideon, was, I think you just missed a bunch of hints because I think it was very clear in the beginning. Oh, was it book. clear from early on? All right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yes, there, there are a ton more um, in this section. Okay, let's double dip, Luke. Let's dive a little deeper here. Can I first off say, we need to vet this organization before we decide we want to be bonded to them for all of eternity i think like when haro makes the decision that being a lector is cool and worth striving towards i think we need to seriously consider what that means because everything that happens afterwards is batshit insane everything that happens Mm. afterwards is like oh you all hang out at a space station like get drunk and have angry sex with each other all the time I don't know if I actually want to do that. Right. Oh, you all hate each other? Oh. 
And like all you do is run away from this existential threat that is also accompanied by like mind-numbingly terrifying things. That yeah. doesn't sound super great. I agree. Again, this comes back to like, we just need more information about how these worlds work when they're not under ex- the extreme circumstances that we've observed so far. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's just normal life like on 4th or whatever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because, okay, for one thing, no one knows this, right? No. But I can't tell if people think that, like... Everything's chill. I think they or do. They're like something crazy is happening. I just don't know what. I think most people think it's cool, and the empire is like united, right? I think mm-hmm. they think that this is God and His saints. They're all just doing that cool stuff that we can never imagine. Which I think is part of the propaganda that makes people want to be likers. Is they're like, yeah, I want to do that. It sounds awesome. But what is it? What like? What do they think that they're doing? What are you talking about? You hang out with God all day and like fight evil, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's cool, all right? It's, you get to live it's forever. Cool. It's very cool. Maybe they've got a bunch of Ortises writing stories about them. Oh, probably. for sure. Um, okay. Oh, hold on. We missed something real quick. You mentioned Ortis. In the end, they defeat the sleeper by... Calling the ghost of a long-dead swordsman from the ninth who just destroys... Well, gets in a a duel with the sleeper, and it's, like, powered by the narrative. It's, like, powered by the story that they tell about this ghost. Right. Very confusing. (laughs) Right. Is this a real ghost? Hold on. What are the rules here? Um, I... uh, I don't even know, man. Um. <laughs> Another moment that I loved. Uh, every now and then, okay, I'll say this. We love Gideon coming back. Gideon. Oh, sure. Gideon's perspective is so good. Gideon brings so much life into this book. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you're right, Gideon. These robes are fucking absurd. Thank you. Nobody said it. Until you came along and were like, what is this glittery shit I'm wearing? And it's like, yeah, they look <laughs> ridiculous. Thank you, Gideon. I just <laughs> I just love when Gideon's back and is like, what are you all talking about? This is bullshit. Right. I, I give him my sunglasses. Yeah. Gideon is key. G- like, the way Gideon's character and, like, perspective makes just makes everything much better comedy wise stylistically um it's just it's just we're so happy that gideon it's i also is hopefully back i really hope so because i love reading from gideon's perspective and i wonder there's this thing that happens when it's from gideon's perspective where I can't tell if other characters are funnier or if Gideon is like editorializing what other characters are saying because Gideon shows up and God is talking to the rebel leader and he says her name and she's like, that's not my name. Say the whole thing. And he says the whole thing. And the end of it is the end of the name he says is snap back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> this one, I was like, what is this? I understand the reference. That's not what I'm asking. <laughs> and that was that did not happen at all when Gideon wasn't around. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out if Gideon is like adding these things in to make things I, funnier. I, right. Or if people are like, oh, I Gideon's don't back? Know. I gotta be a little funny. Hold on, Gideon's here? Or if that's like genuinely her name. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be. It's it's definitely not because he does it again a little bit later with a different song lyric or something else. Like he he says something different again later. I don't get it though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm... Like, le- I, okay, it's an Eminem song. I understand the <laughs> reference. I don't know how it fits. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like my headcanon is that Gideon... My headcanon is that he said something different. Gideon did not understand it, and so Gideon just replaced it with an Eminem lyric. Okay, I'm willing to accept that. Okay. For sure. Which I love. I was dying. Literally. <laughs> Thank you, Gideon. Yes. Um, Gideon's, Gideon's the best. What we haven't even gotten to is the fight at the end between God and... Oh, we didn't even talk about that. All right. Yeah, go for it, Luke. And Augustine. Um, so when God is like asking people for their loyalty... Augustine essentially taught, like brings them down into the river to try to kill God and is trying to like go down all the way to the bottom to throw them through the little weird jaws of hell. Right. Yeah. And at this at this point I I don't like usually in these circumstances you're like oh man I really hope this person wins because either I like this character more or like whatever. Yeah. This was one where I was like, I don't even know what I'm rooting for here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bec- I, like, I, I character-wise, I, much, I don't really like Augustine as much as, like, John or God. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. So maybe him, but it was also like, I don't know. Who's the bad guy? It seemed like, it seemed like John was not really a good guy at the end i i think so but also like augustine is trying to kill trillions of people if you think about it because the sun will explode the sun will explode yeah yeah Uh, i agree with you here this i was not rooting for either one of them honestly i was kind of like willing them to go to hell i was kind of just like yeah they could both go i think i think it'd be fine uh and we even missed the point we skipped over the fact that mercy literally disintegrated god into atoms like mercy put her hands in god and said you're atoms now bye and god turned to atoms that were just whizzing around and then brought himself back and one punched mercy to death right and then we learn that god there's so much here and then we learn actually that gideon the first has died and his cavalier has taken him yeah i forgot that yeah 
That is so much here, Luke. Okay, here's what I, I, I do want to pause here and talk about Mercy real quick because Mercy broke okay. my one rule and it's she's paying for it. Oh, sure. Mercy tried to fight the Bone Lord. So like... The Bone Lord, not just a Bone Lord. That's rule one, Mercy. This is on you. Don't you read Dan's blog? Or listen to the pod. Even if you're a bone lord, don't fight the bone. Right. There was no there was no exception to that rule. It was literally just don't fight a bone lord. And you did you broke that one rule. So that's on you. It's not it's really not complicated. Um Right. Man. Okay. So Mercy Mercy's gone. I think Augustine is gone. Because it sounds like Ianthe, Ianthe saved the emperor. Yes. Which is honestly That's surprising correct. to me. Yes, me too. Um, considering how they seem to have a bond with Augustine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we even missed. We missed the fact that apparently... There is some of the sixth house necromancer stored in a bone. Mm. And that's right. He might be coming back. Cause Camilla saved up all his little bone parts in a box for some special thing to happen. And Haro seems to have found him. Right. Um, I do. Yeah. He might be coming back. I do want him to come back. Right. I feel like that was the epilogue. Yes, I think so. It was him and Camilla on like, it sounds like normal human earth planet. Normal human. Oh, which, yes. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll finally get some answers to our, our, our questions about how the normal people experience life. Um, but yeah, they're, they're there. I think that also like Corona Beth and, the Cavalier from Second are there. Yes, and the so the gangs the gangs together. Yes, yes, they seem to have turned. Which, Luke, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say I'm proud of us for not being prejudiced against necromancers. Okay, I'm proud of us. I think that was very progressive of us. However, turns out the necromancers might be bad. Turns out, of course, the necromancers might have been bad this whole time, and maybe we should have been a little bit more skeptical of necromancers. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like they right. might be bad. They might be really bad. This is one of the times that our our tolerance, we over-tolerated. Right, right. You know what? No. I'm going to say it was fine. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still be proud of us. Good work, us. I agree. We're not agree. bigots here. We're okay. We're, we're accepting of bones. You can, well. It just depends how you got the bones. Um, That's key. <laughs> Ask permission, always. Consent is For key. Sure. <laughs> um, okay. I, 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 are we done with the, the ending here? Because I, like, I realized that we kind of just yelled about what happened (laughs) (laughs) which maybe doesn't doesn't add a ton of insight to the group but um honestly that's kind of all i've got on this yeah that is where i'm sitting 
right now as well. Um, who are we rooting for? I want to ask. There's some factions okay. we've got going on, and I want to know who we're rooting for. Okay, so let's define the options here. Okay. We've... So obviously the big one, the the big, like, two factions, I'm excluding the Resurrection Beasts because I don't think that that's, like, a faction that you can, like, resonate with. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> so in my mind, it's between... The rebels, the whatever of Eden versus the versus John, your boy John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I gotta, I'm, I gotta go rebels. I think. Yeah, I'm with the Rebel Alliance on this one. I'm with them too, because I feel like purely aesthetically. Honestly, I know nothing about them, but they don't put bones on everything, so. Right. That seems more interesting to me. There's a, there's a little bit more of artistic freedom there, which I appreciate. Um, also, just the big underdog vibes. It, yeah, although I can't tell. Like, we've okay. only seen the nine houses. And yeah, the emperor sounds extremely powerful. But also, one gun caused so much damage literally one gun that the the sleeper had a gun and it was like oh damn that does a lot of damage and there's no guns in the nine houses okay so i don't know who are the underdogs in this case i i i'm not a hundred percent there's no guns okay all right in like the cohort fair enough necessarily fair enough um I still think they're big underdogs. Like, he's literally the source of power for the sun. For a star, Luke. Okay. <laughs> Seems like an important one, but... Fair point. Fair point. By the way, just quick. Um, what do you think the news reports were like for the, like, I don't know, minute that the sun was out? Uh, it should have created a lot of chaos, I think. I mean, this is the literally the second book we've read where the sun goes out. Right. Um, it's a big deal. It does it's seem like it'd be there. a big deal. Although I wonder if they're just like, wait, maybe it's just, maybe it's doing a software update. Hold on. Give it a second. Okay. Right. Also, I wonder if this is ever that, happened I think that's very before. possible. Like I imagine other Lycters have tried to kill God before. He seems like he is... Somewhat deserving of murder attempts. He's also surprisingly killable. Right. Temporarily, at least. Right. They can take him out of commish for a little bit. So. Okay. And, like, I wonder, like, if you get him really drunk, does he lose the concentration to be able to make the sun? You know what I mean? Like, is it a... Ooh, right. Does he have to be aware? God, that, can you imagine? The sun goes out, it's like, oh, God's wasted again. It's like 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Um, but anyway. Yeah, Luke and our team rebels for life until we learn that they're like oppressing some minority group with all their riot police that we heard about in that brief chapter. Right. I am on whatever side Gideon is on. How about that? Easy. Yeah, done. Yeah. No matter what. 
I do I, I do appreciate that they killed off the Lichter Gideon for us, so there is just one Gideon now. That was really nice of Tamsin. Would have been would have been very confusing. Yeah, especially even Gideon, the narrator, was having trouble. Right, right. So, um, okay. So, we've finished Horror the Ninth, and we didn't plan this ahead of time when we were when we were when we were scheduling this series. But the third book in the series very recently came out, so we are going to be. Reading that next. Mm. It's called Nona the Ninth. By Tamsin Muir. That's right, Luke. By Tamsin Muir. For that reason, um, I think we're going to hold on to reviews until we're done with that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, first half, Nona the Ninth, next week, we'll bring the hot takes. And be the dumb nerds. Yeah.